Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I sit down with Reverend Jim Cummings, who preached in FPC's Classic Services this week. We talk about the nature of guest preaching and the unique opportunities that provides. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Today, I have a very special guest, uh, one, a, a guy I've known for a little while, uh, back in my days even in Haines City. He came and did some work for us. It's Jim Cummings. So say hello, Jim. Hi, hi folks. <laughs> so Jim is here today because yesterday uh, in our services, he preached at the classic services while I was in Vine. And uh, we, we're kind of in between series right now. And uh, so when, when that happens, we do what we affectionately call one-offs. They're, they're, they're single encapsulated kind of messages. And uh, so, Jim, before we kind of jump into the topic of preaching, let's just talk about your background a little bit. Where, uh, how long have you been in in vocational ministry? I was ordained forty seven years ago. Wow! Yeah. Late. <laughs> <laughs> late. Late. Because I had ten years between college and um, <clears throat> seminary. Wow! Wow! Now, what did you do <clears throat> in this in that that time before? Um, Sixty years ago, I was in Pakistan working right. teaching in a college. Oh, okay, great. That's awesome. So, a lot of experience in unique places as yes. well, too. What was really the draw to um, pastoral vocational ministry? I felt it was God's call. Yeah. <clears throat> and how did how did and, that? And I had been rebelling my family called me jonah because they felt i was running away from it for all those years oh wow while you were in pakistan yeah oh, and ethiopia and so. and ethiopia well that is that is very jonah like way <laughs> to go a long way to run <laughs> to get away from the call of god so uh, tell me about um kind of what it is in vocational in pastoral ministry that you really that really lights you up that you really enjoy oh it's working with the people yeah yeah my my emphasis in seminary and graduate school was on pastoral counseling okay so a lot more one-on-one yes yeah and uh but you have a lot of experience in the church and one of the biggest parts or at least the most visible part of pastoral ministry is preaching but you aren't really a fan of doing that that is correct now why is that when somebody um, comes for counseling, it's give and take. Yeah. When you're preaching, there's no give and take. Yeah. It's only give, yeah. and they have to take whether they want to or not. Whether they like it or not. Yes. There's no uh, feedback that you get in the moment. Yeah. Well, no questions. Yeah. Um, I remember in our new church development up in Knoxville mm-hmm. years ago. Um, we were meeting in our basement. There were about 20 people, and mm-hmm. I was preaching. Mm-hmm. And one of the men right in the middle of the sermon said, Jim, I disagree with that. Oh, wow. Wow. And that kind of shocked me because yeah. that's not what you do in a sermon. Yeah. But it changed the sermons for the next two years. It, they became dialogues. Oh, wow. 
And I've heard of that before too. I've heard of other um, churches. There tend to be smaller churches, you know, uh, under fifty, under a hundred people, where there is some back and forth and uh, a very unique experience. But I'm like you, if that began to happen in a preaching environment, that would be uh, unique. In a teaching situation. I love it. It's, it's, it's much more back and forth. That's right. Yeah, and, and I, I kind of go back and forth. Which one do I feel more called to preaching or teaching? Because when I'm in, in the Sunday school class I teach here, there is back and forth, um, not as much as in a small group or in a counseling session where it's a constant dialogue, but a lot more than in, no one stands up in the middle of a sermon and goes, wait a minute, can you... Where do you preach again? Can you clarify that? <laughs> can you clarify that? Um, I'll, I'll come and do that. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so one of the things that you do have a lot of experience in when it comes to preaching, especially the last several years, is um, guest preaching. Um, in in our presbytery, for those that don't know, we have what we call uh, a state. We have a supply list. So there's a list of of uh, pastors who have said if a church is in need of a sermon for that Sunday or preacher for that Sunday, I'm available or I can be available. And you're on that list. And uh, so talk to me about what it's like to go into a church. Um, that's not your congregation or not a congregation that you're as familiar with? You don't know what the congregation is like. You don't know what they're struggling with. You don't know where their strengths are or their weaknesses. So you really don't know what to preach on. So you kind of preach sort of a generic service. Mm -hmm. Have Um, you ever gone into a a situation where you're doing guest preaching and you've done a little research or or or, uh, someone from the congregation like on the session has said, hey, this is kind of where we're at? Has that ever happened? I usually or often will ask the pastor, what do you need a sermon on? Okay, yeah. Because he or she may be uncomfortable preaching on a particular subject, particularly money. I love to preach about money. <laughs> well, that is rare. That is rare. <laughs> and and so if that happens, then I'm quite free to preach about money. Okay. Well, and because sometimes people will take it from a third party. That's correct. And and the pr- pastor, I, we've we've had you and I have had this conversation before, where a pastor of a church may preach the same exact or or similar message to what you're going to preach, but they will respond to that that outside voice, and so it's a unique gift to the congregation. And partly, it's an outside voice because that voice is going to be leaving. That's right. They don't have, so have to the, deal with the repercussions. That's right. Yeah. Well, and the and the people can say, well, we can skip it. Yeah. So, so guest preaching very unique. Guest preaching here, though, at First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, is a little different because you are familiar with this congregation. Yes. Um, for those that don't know, uh, Jim's wife Marilyn was on staff for many years. Uh, also, an ordained pastor. Um, we miss her terribly uh, <laughs> because because she was our visitation coordinator and did a lot of the hospital work. So you have some familiarity with this this congregation. Yes. So uh, when you came in here, you and I talked about uh, you know a couple several weeks ago what were you going to preach on, and you uh, took on the uh, kind of a difficult topic, I think, the idea of taking up your cross daily. Um, when you approach uh, that that passage or that topic what what do you go in thinking about first what what are you what are you trying to kind of glean from that that passage 
part of it is what do, what do you see the congregation can be helped with? Yeah. <clears throat> and part of it is knowing what all Christians struggle with. And I think all, all of us struggle with the idea of knowing God's will daily. Yeah, absolutely. And even if we know it, how well do we do it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> because it's the doing of God's will that, that is what we're here for. That's the important part. And that's... I think that was one of the big insights I had, if I'm allowed to talk about yeah. a different insight. Sure. That Jesus does everything. Yeah. He knew what God wanted at all times. Most, I, I think there were some surprises, but yeah. I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. But he did know, and he did it. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between Jesus and us. And where our sin is, the deepest. Yeah, yeah. The obedience part uh, with 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 Jesus, uh, his obedience and his love for the Father's will, uh, and then the he says you know he talks about it especially in John's Gospel the example that he sets for all followers, and you really one of the things I really appreciated about your message is this this idea that taking up your cross daily isn't about suffering necessarily it might lead to suffering but it's not you know you have chronic back pain or you right. have a you know you, you that's not what Jesus is talking about no it's interesting <clears throat> that if if you're I, did, I couldn't bring this in there was just too much I couldn't bring that's in. right Paul would have said not I have a cross to bear he would have said I have a thorn in the flesh that's right yeah and that's he does. different yeah yeah and that's because that is a little bit that's more d- directly related to the suffering piece. That's correct. Yeah. Whereas Jesus suffering was a was was an outgrowth of the obedience, not one or the other. And uh I I like yesterday how you kind of mixed in the uh the use of the old spiritual and then then tie it into um, more of a modern day, uh, the the modern day missionary story that you told, which is about real people, but you you had to change the names right. and whatnot for the sake of security because they're in a real dangerous place, uh, such that their their cross of obedience, you know, means that things have to be a little bit more quiet, even so. Um, when when you get those kinds of messages where you're talking about uh, obedience, uh, what what are you anticipating that the congregation is reacting to in those moments? Hopefully, that they're reacting that they're going to think about well, how well do I do this daily? Yeah, <clears throat> and which is what I reacted the whole way through the sermon um, yeah. as I was working on it. I just kept thinking, what am I doing? You know, daily and a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the daily pieces. I think the the that that was the word that shook me up. Yeah, because it's not. I can be obedient once a week, <laughs> once a maybe. month, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But daily, I mean, that's more of a that constant sort of um, approach to faith, which you know is the idea. You know, you don't take your faith and you know, take it off of your your shoulders and then yeah. hang it up in the closet. Um, what is going back to the kind of the guest preaching idea for a second? FPC Lakeland, a um, little bit of a larger service uh, church, uh, but you also preach in places that are a lot smaller. Uh, a lot of the 
folks that need supply pastors may may not have a pastor at all because they're in that 10 to 50 range in attendance. How does the preaching change for you when you're in a service where there's a few hundred people versus a service where there's maybe a, maybe a dozen or two or two two dozen people? Depending depending on the on the situation and the and the setup in the sanctuary, mm-hmm. I will often say to a very small group, "Let's get in a circle." Oh, really? And then I will go. I say, "Now I want you to react to what I'm going to be saying. You don't have to sit and listen. I want you to know." So it becomes a dialogue more. So you change it. You actually give them permission. Correct. And how how do do you find that a lot of those churches respond positively to that? Yeah. The first time maybe not so much, but the next <laughs> time I get there, there. Because because no. maybe they're thinking this is going to be their their nap time. <laughs> you right. just you up the ante a little bit there. Um, how how often do you go and do guest preaching right now? I mean, uh, uh, on in a given month, how many? It depends. Um, it's, it's since Mike retired, he's taken over a whole lot that I, <laughs> Marilyn and I would have gotten. Yeah, um, which is fine. Yeah. Um, so we haven't done that much this summer. But, okay. But before that, it was pro- at least once a month, and maybe twice a month. And you find the summertime is a little more active because pastors are on vacation or they're taking some time away and they, they usually, have a, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, are, are there differences? Has there been a, an instance and you don't have to name names or name congregations necessarily, but has there been an instance where you've gone in to preach a message and there has just been a reaction by the congregation positively or or just that has really thrown you? Has there been a moment like that has just been kind of out of the blue? I told a joke yesterday that that was pretty good, I guess, from, <laughs> from what I heard. I don't know whether you heard about it or not. <laughs> I did not. Anyways, I told that same joke at a church earlier yeah. this summer, and then I had to go back the second week right oh. after I told the joke. And what was interesting was when I got there, they said, tell that joke again. We didn't quite get the whole thing. <laughs> and I said, I didn't want you to get the joke. I wanted you to get what I had said in the sermon. <laughs> that was a, just a lead-in. <laughs> it was just a lead-in for the message. That's correct. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not jokes for joke's sake. No. I think some people <clears throat> uh, miss that sometimes when we use humor. Um, some Some people get they think that we're just trying to be humorous. Well, I do it yeah. to relax. Yeah. Because if I if they if they'll laugh, then I'll relax and then I'm much better at the sermon. And they relax. And they relax. It's uh, if there's um, I think I, I was talking to someone that was you know because I, I I tend to use a lot of humor in my messages um, and uh, I, there are people that have stronger feelings about that they think you should just be a little bit more straight laced or not and I said but look you come in ready to take off you're on the runway you are you're the engines are already revved up for you a lot of people need time taxiing for a little bit before they're ready to take off and those moments are a lot of times they're in service to preparation for the the message uh, because not everybody comes in ready uh, every, some people have to kind of sink in and, and get ready f- to, to be respect That's receptive. Good. Yeah, um, but I always appreciate your your humor as well too. Well, the other th- the other thing is particularly yesterday when mm-hmm. I had no part in the service up till the sermon. Yeah, 
they didn't know my voice. Yeah. And so the joke gave them a chance to get used to my voice. Yeah, and that was that's a really good point. I I don't know about you. I, I find that I like to have some part of the service before I preach yeah. because for me, and I th- just like what you're saying, I we were just talking about this a moment ago, hearing the sound of our own voice can be very uncomfortable <laughs> and having to launch into some pretty deep, uh, deep truths that may or may not be received or not, people aren't ready to receive them. Uh, I need to warm up. It's almost like yes. a warm up. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I like to at least have something. If nothing, I, I've done get supply preaching before and they say, all you have to do is preach. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm at least going to read one of the scriptures. If, if nothing else, I'm going to at least read one of the scriptures just so that the cadence and the flow starts earlier. Otherwise, the first two or three minutes, I'm stumbling through everything. Well, that, that, this is one of the things that shook me yesterday. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm I'm a weird preacher because <laughs> I like to put the scripture in the sermon yeah. at the time that it would fit best. Yeah, me too. Not read it before, mm-hmm. and so. But this service, you read it before. Yeah, and then you, and people don't remember. Yeah. Well, I always and, go back and, and rehash whatever we've yeah. read. Anyway, I'm like, you're going to hear it twice. If I'm going to do it, you're going to hear it twice. In Vine, we go back and forth. Sometimes we'll read it up front, and then sometimes we'll just, like yesterday, we didn't read it up front. I, I did a verse, and then I preached, and then I did two or three verses, and then I preached. And then, and uh, sometimes we do it both. Like, they'll get the whole thing, and then we'll do a, then I'll go back and rehash it, you know. Um, you can't hear the scripture too many times in That's a message. Correct. You can't hear it too many times in a message. Well, I really uh, appreciate you coming in and sitting yeah, down you. in the armchair. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, it's uh, it's always neat to be able to hear uh, different perspectives on preaching. And uh, Jim, always always fun to, to talk to you. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. in. Thank you for asking. Next week, uh, Pastor Kenny will be back in the armchair. And uh, if you've missed any of our uh, our series, go ahead and sub- sub- subscribe to anywhere you get your podcasts, Google Play or Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud. This is also available on the website. And go back and listen to the messages. They're already available on YouTube. Uh, Jim, like we said, was in the classic service. I was in Vine. And uh, so you can get caught up on everything that's going on here. We thank you so much for listening, Jim. Thank you for being here, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Good. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody.